Welcome to Monster Men. (laughs) By the way, welcome to a very special podcast of the Monster Men. This is what we would call a reach around episode where we were on Paleo Cheese and now Paleo Cheese is on with us. Oh, it's mutually beneficial. And tonight, by the way, it's Chad Lutsky and Jeremiah Bannister. Um, We are going to do a comparison of both versions of The Fly, mm-hmm. a horror classic, which I don't think Jeremy, Jeremiah had ever seen. Had you ever seen either of them before? Neither uh, one, man. Neither one. This was brand new. It was awesome. We Sweet should say that bird. one of the great things about the Paleo Cheese podcast is they often will watch a movie, and Jeremiah is the newbie. So Lutsky's like us, a crusty old veteran, and he has this newbie that he brings along so when we've been on it we, we get to see your reaction to something that we've loved our whole life so yeah. when we went on your show we did the black christmas remake and original and we still hate you <laughs> yeah we were far yeah. kinder <laughs> oh, yeah, so it's traumatizing it was it's terrible it is it, yeah. at least we didn't get canceled <laughs> that's true yeah. it's, it's made me but now you're reminding people yeah. No, but this is because The Fly, the original 1958 version, is a horror classic. And conversely, the 19, is it 85 version? Yeah. It's around there. Yeah. Is also a horror classic, which is very hard to do. I think there's only a couple of movies that have done that. The Thing is one of them. Yeah. So I'm interested to hear both your takes as a newbie and as an oldie. We should probably go around and say, have have any of us never seen any of them? Or, like, what's your experience with The Fly going into this podcast? So, Jeremiah, you haven't seen either one of them? I've seen neither one. But I knew but I knew Goldblum was in one. And so I just, I didn't know if there was, when you said a new one compared to the old one, I, didn't, I thought it was a recent thing, you know, because there's a lot of movies doing that. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I figured, oh, it was a recent thing. And I'm looking and I'm looking, man. I went on YouTube. <laughs> I'm on Netflix. I think I even went to Voodoo. There's just nothing. <laughs> and, then, and then I get on there and I realize, oh, my gosh, this actually, that is the new one. And yeah. so the old one is quite old, in fact. And so, yeah, but I'd seen neither one, man. Big fan of Vincent Price, though. Not going to lie. Mm. Dr. Were Fibes you? is one of my all-time favorites. Oh, I and love so, Dr. Fives. Dr. Fives is amazing. <laughs> yeah. That's that's a movie I would love to see a remake of. You could go crazy yeah. with that. Yeah. By the but way, who, was who the would fly... be Fives, though? Who would be oh. Fives? That's another topic. That's yeah, a... we could pick some. <laughs> who would that be? I think yeah, Chad. Yeah. Danny Trejo. Um, Danny Trejo? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jeremiah, Jeremiah, were you born when the remake was made? I was born in '78, so I was. You oh, know, okay, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like eight years old. You know, but it, but it's hard, you know. I, you know, when I was, uh, I was born in an Amish community, and they abandoned me to you know a pack of wolves, and so I never really you know got to see any movies as a kid. But you didn't see it after the barn <laughs> raising. I was gonna say he could put up a mean barn though. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and I howl all the time. <laughs> Did your, your mother ever catch you churning butter in your bedroom? <laughs> that was grandma. But that's <laughs> not butter. That's a true story. I'm not going any deeper than that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. Knock, knock, tap, tap. No, no. <laughs> wow. Yeah. 
Oh, what about boy. you, Chad? What's your experience with these uh, fine flicks? Uh, well, I, I think the, the the first my I think my first movie horror movie all, of all time. Uh oh. And Chad is Chad is frozen. You guys are all frozen. Okay, no, you're not. Was I frozen? No, no you were frozen you, for a moment. It was, it was all you, Chad. Chat's recording okay. from a bunker in Antarctica. Well, uh, <laughs> yeah. A year or two ago, I was asked by Cemetery Dance what my first horror movie was. And I had to think really hard. I think my very first one was Godzilla vs. Smog Monster, but I kind of don't count that. Um, I think that was maybe 74, 73, something like that. Um, but my first true like horror movie was Curse of the Fly which is my favorite of the original Fly uh, trilogy. So that's, I know we're not reviewing that one, but it's part of the, you know, it's part of the uh, family there of, of uh, the old black and white Fly trilogy. Nice. So um, I don't think I saw the original until after I saw the remake, when the remake was out. And I saw the remake, you know, in whenever it came out, 85 or 86. Yeah, a lifetime ago. Yeah, but... Um, <laughs> Yeah, that, that's pretty much my experience with it. It's just what, yeah, watching them backwards and then uh, being able to appreciate them both. What about you, Jack? I'm, I bet you and I are similar. We're similar, but I think you probably have more traction with this movie than I did. I saw it as a kid, but I don't think I ever sat down and saw it start to finish. It was more like, I don't know if it was in the 430 movie or something, that I had seen it. I saw parts of it and then I, I saw lots of pictures of it from books. So I was familiar enough with it and saw all the good parts and of course right. the, the ending, but I hadn't seen it since I was a kid to the point where when I watched it this time, I forgot that Vincent Price isn't the fly. A lot of people think he's like yeah. a star yeah. of he's yeah. not the fly. I actually yeah. sat down and watched this with my parents because we were like, what should we watch? And I said, go, would you guys be up for watching The Fly from 1950, whatever it was? And uh, my, actually, it was just me and my dad. And he was like, sure. And then my mother just wandered in. He's like, what are you guys watching? It was just the Fly. And she, like, rolls her eyes. Next thing you know, she's sitting down, like, totally yeah. into it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I, I I, haven't, and I haven't actually seen it since I was a kid. And I've, But the Goldblum one was one of those movies that, just like blew me away and immediately was on my like favorite movie horror movies list. Oh, yeah. I was so surprised by how much I liked it. And so that's been a staple. I you know, there's a lot of movies on my favorite list that I haven't watched in a long time, but that's one that I watched it I don't know, 6 months ago, maybe a year, I don't know. And then I watched it again last night and I was like I could watch this again tomorrow. Like Yeah. It's that good. I um I watched it a lot. The original, I watched a lot with my dad growing up to the point when whenever we were in the yard, if I saw a, like a bug, I'd go, help me, help me. <laughs> that was like a big thing in my house is me doing that. And then The Shining took over and I was just talking like Tony I'm like, to, to the point where my mother was just like, stop it, just stop it. I'm like, he's a little boy who lives in my mouth. <laughs> um, so loved. I grew up on the fly. There's a the fly, fly on my wall right now. Is there? Yeah. Oh boy! Um, but then, yeah, when the uh, Goldblum version came out, which I think is the origin of Jeff Goldblum as he is as we know him today. Yeah, 
pre-fly, Goldblum would be in little parts, and he wasn't. I remember Goldblum. him from a short-lived TV show called Ten Speed and Brown Shoe, with oh, him shit, and yeah. Ben Vereen. I don't remember that. Yeah. Oh my god. Awesome theme song. So yeah, when the fly came out, it was down at the theater by my house. We would see it over and over to the point where I hadn't watched the Globe, the Goldblum one, in maybe twenty years. I knew every line, every beat of that movie, and I was—I felt like it was like I was in a warm, comfy shoe, <laughs> with a lot of fly vomit in it. <laughs> we, we we keep calling calling it the Goldblum version. It's Cronenberg, man. Yeah, to get some credit to the master. Yeah, we should. That uh, he's done some minor movies here and there. Yeah, so, yeah a couple, couple okay ones. Jeremiah, do you have any experience with Cronenberg movies? Name name other ones. I'm, I suck with names, man. I suck with names. So name other movies, and I'll say yes. Video Drone, Rabbit Dead Ringers, Dead Crude, Ringers. Rabbit. So it, I don't think you've seen no? any of them. I haven't seen. They're any they're of them. like strange body horror psychological things. Yeah. Scanners, maybe. That's that's a pretty popular. No, but that Scanners is on my list. So yeah. so so what is it? Video Drone? Is that was no, James it? Woods and James um, Woods and Debbie yeah, Harry? That's another one. That's another one on my list. We put together a list of like movies I had not seen. And I sent just, in other words, it was a lot. <laughs> I sent him to Chad in the beginning, and those, and that was that was one of those on the list. And so, but no, I have not seen. This would be the first one. Videodrome. When my dad bought a top-loading VCR with the remote control that was wired, because mm-hmm. we didn't have cable, but he bought that. And the first movie we rented to watch as a family was Videodrome. Wow. And oh, as a family, if you ever want to like rent a movie where a TV turns into a throbbing vagina, that's the movie. <laughs> yeah. Have I got a movie for you? Hey kids, yeah. gather around. Get some that's a sales pitch. I mean, you know. Yeah. Dad, how do we get our TV to do that? God. <laughs> and he's like, dad. it used to just be Channel Ninety Nine. That's all it was. I just, I, <laughs> I was asking so many Circuit City guys that question that they banned me from the store. Yeah. <laughs> Circuit City. <laughs> And the whiz. Yeah. 30 so, minutes of watching Scrambled for one nipple shot. Oh, my God. Dude, hours. Those are glorious moments. Though. Hours. Hours. Yeah. <laughs> there was, see, you, you think about that. There's a specialness to the barely glimpsed nipple that kids don't understand anymore. Because now. Yeah. We had to work hard for it. Yeah, now it's like, oh, I want to watch Bukaki. I'll just type in Bukaki, and here it comes. It's harder to spell Bukaki than to find it. Yeah, that's yeah. the one thing that prevents them from finding it. Because these kids can't spell. Now, the thing about the thing uh, about the fly, I feel like there's a couple of horror movies that are normie friendly. As in, there are some horror movies that had to be just me and my horror movie friends to watch. But I feel like we watch the fly with like my youth group friends, and everybody was into it. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. One yeah. <laughs> of these days I want to get youth group stories out of Jack. Something bad must have happened in there. Oh, well, I was the one doing the bad stuff. Oh, okay. <laughs> I remember uh, a friend of mine had invited all of his youth group friends over, most of which I didn't know. And it was his birthday. And he said, um, well, let's get a movie. And I said, I, I have a movie. I'll grab this movie from my dad on VHS. And I brought over the unrated version of the toxic Avenger <laughs> and uh, it, people were pretty mad at me. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> and now here you are years later wearing a trauma hat. Yeah. He was not. Yeah. Yeah. Toxic is actually on the other side of it. Um, <laughs> yeah. But he, uh, he, he in particular was, was mad because he was hosting this party and, 
And uh, he's like, dude, why were you, what, what were you thinking? You can't, you can't watch that with all these, you know, I was like, did you laugh though? Did you think it was funny? <laughs> did, did you pick out the porn stars <laughs> in the background? And the strippers? Oh. I showed Silent Night, Deadly Night to my youth group. Yeah. How did that go over? They just sort of accepted it from because what would happen is we would have a thing where, like, like on a, on a Friday night, everybody would get together and watch like a regular movie. Then me and my friend Tom would bring a horror movie, and anybody who wanted to stay for the second feature would watch the horror movie. So I got these people who just wanted to hang out to watch, and like some of them were just terrified, you know. Like I remember my friend Sandy who would was very emotionally. And, uh, you know, we're watching Children of the Corn, and she's, like, practically crying. And then I turned to her, and I'm like, he wants you too, Malachi. And she, like, <laughs> punched me in the face. She was so scared. <laughs> the closest thing we ever had in Youth Group Man to horror films was that Thief in the Night series. Oh, I mean, you know, at a lock-in at 2 in the morning, watching people, you know, getting their heads cut off and heads flopping down into baskets because of the Antichrist and all that jazz and the... The rapture, and you got the little kid in the prison with the balloon, and they're singing that song. People get ready, and all of a sudden you hear the shonk, and the balloon flies up, and you're like ten. I mean, that's pretty scary. You know, it's like, wow. I never even heard of that. Well, that's another level. It's like Hell, Hell Lindsay stuff, right? Is that from yeah, it's like, a Hell Lindsay book? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, it's like it's like yeah. Left Behind, but way before. Yeah, yeah. Right, and so it's got you know in the beginning you got. People having to make a choice, and the wife's like, I'm not down with this. And then the next day, the husband's shaving, and blomp, and he's just poof gone, and then everybody's poof gone. So it's like rapture and, stuff? Yeah, they're all raptured yeah. out, and then, you know, the, the UN troopers are ra- wrangling you up, and you're hiding in caves, and you got the barcodes on the hands and stuff. And they had, they had a, a, a guillotine, and they had, like, this basket, and you get your head chopped off. And I remember the second one, because they played, like, two of them at the lock-in. The second one... The lady's on the, you know, she's laid down and she's looking up at this blade and all of a sudden a storm comes and everything's shaking and it's like an earthquake. So people are running and she's like, uh, I, I, I reject Jesus. I just get me out of here. Get me out. And then it's shaking in a little handle and come. <laughs> so the, nice. the moral lesson is she rejected Jesus right before she died. And, you know, of course, then of course, that, that seems like bad timing. Yeah, it's a double poop sandwich for her. And so, <laughs> like, you know, but the whole idea and the pastor come up and he's like, well, you know, it scares the hell out of you. And you're like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it's a thing. But that's the closest. Like, I, I don't remember. In fact, the only horror movie I watched as a kid at all was, um, uh, what is it, Chad? Fortress. What, yeah, Fortress. You remember. Yeah. <laughs> Fortress. I just want to have you see it. <laughs> Fortress. That's the I'll only one. Yeah, I remember when I was a kid, I had to be an altar boy. That was the thing that Irish Catholics did. And then they had the CYO, the Christian Youth Organization. They were like, do you want to be a part of them? I'm like, no. So my father didn't push that on me. And I remember one of the first videos that we got a hold of was a porno movie called Blonde Goddess. And we're watching this porno movie me and my friends and my mother walks in and she just like walks right by the TV, goes to the kitchen and does her thing. Says nothing about that. The week later we rent Dawn of the Dead. And when she hears all the screaming and moaning, she comes running. Is this a porno movie? I'm like, <laughs> you're, you're a week too late. That's Dawn of the Dead. We're all good here. <laughs> I always wonder like what my 
parents or my friend's parents, like when we were watching like Faces of Death and stuff, we were just like, we come home from the video store like, yeah, we're going to go watch a movie downstairs. And they had no idea what the hell we were watching. No, I'm sure my dad knew. I guarantee he knew. He probably Because he'd seen him. He could hear like the dialogue to Blonde Goddess. I'm sure he fucking knew. Oh, there's that's Ron Jeremy. Yeah, I know what they're watching. <laughs> Have fun, kids. <laughs> Have a good time. So uh, what should we do? Should we dive? Oh, we should dive into the original first. Yeah, let's do that. Which was written, I don't know if you guys re- realize this, written by James Clavell, who wrote Shogun. Oh, really? He was a, yeah, he was a huge writer in the, a long time ago, but I remember Shogun was like a miniseries that was like... Richard Chamberlain, awesome. right? Richard Chamberlain, yes. Like 78, 79, 80, something like that. Yeah. Be. That was like when yeah. Jeremiah was born. We, we played that at his birthday party. When... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember Shogun, the book was like the size of like it. Yes. It's a, and Clavel wrote these hefty books. So he got his start in, uh, you know, well, I'm not even going to say crappy horror movies because this was a quality horror movie. Yeah. Yeah. Wrote, wrote the screenplay or the or, uh... the screenplay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, is it better to get the Virgin's view of this movie or the oh, grizzled veteran sluts horror sluts? <laughs> if we're gonna I go want, Virgin I want to hear with uh, Jeremiah Cherry thought. You hear my Cherry thought? Yeah. <laughs> it was awesome, man. It was it was awesome. I liked it a lot. For one, Vincent Price, right? Um, mm-hmm. And because I, too, thought once I saw it, I'm like my just my natural assumption was, oh, he's the main guy. And so I was actually pleasantly surprised that he was not. And I was pleasantly surprised that there were multiple main people and and that there were like different that, that the flow of it. It was it was very of that era. And mm-hmm. I grew up with watching Nick at Night and stuff like that. TV land stuff. So I grew up with that. And it was very nostalgic for me, even though I'd never seen it before, the whole feel of that. And I liked it because I thought, my kids, they were sitting around watching it. They mm-hmm. had a really good time. And uh, I'm glad. It's funny because when Chad told me about the, because I, I, as I said earlier, I watched the second one first, uh, the remake. Um, when Chad's like, yeah, man, the first one, the kids would be able to watch it. It'd be no problem. So I remember I'm going through. And I'm just like, I'd better check it. I'm like, I don't know about this. <laughs> what? You think they'd be upset there. by the cat scene? Well, he yeah. <laughs> the the four what was a four hour marathon that was happening there. So like you know the uh, but no, I, I I liked it. I liked the sets. I liked the style of clothes. I liked one thing I particularly liked was that throughout almost the entire thing they covered his head. That he covered he covered his head so you couldn't see it. And I thought that that was like haunting. Like did mm-hmm. that to see that actually made it work. Well, you know, if you hear like... thunder, that's coming from right over my head right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, then you're gonna hear that here in 20 minutes. God is very upset. Yeah. You should be talking about this. <laughs> yeah. So the but I I liked that effect, right? That they that they used that. Um, I thought that was good. Um, I felt like so much of that was. Kind of like it, it. It wasn't stereotypical. I've I've kind of grown accustomed to seeing a lot of modern movies, and and kind of becoming familiar with the way that it's laid out and the way that things kind of move along in the plot structure and stuff. And I felt like with this, I felt that it was it was different. The feel of it was different. The way that the story moved was different. The characters that come in throughout the whole thing was different. It almost felt like 
you know, the game of what clue or whatever, you know, that, that there were, there were different pieces to this puzzle. And, and even though heavy emphasis was on the wife, right. Um, at the same time, I didn't feel that it, that it took away from the role that all of the characters played. And I just, I thought it was great. Now the ending, I was not the biggest fan of, but that's only because I was kind of hoping, you know, maybe Vincent Price would tap that junk. Like he would be. Like, <laughs> I, I knew think that's that, insinuated. I, I knew, well, kind of, but I kind of feel like he's just reserved to the uncle category at this point. Like he's just, you're a really nice guy kind of thing. And it's, oh, and he's the uncle that's got the arm and everything. But I can't, I don't know if little dude is, is prepared, man, for the idea that mom and, you know, Vincent Price are going to be hooking it up. And he's, so he's sliding in. He's like, he's, he's sliding at the he, he was a little, wasn't he? Like you could tell, like he was, he was sad about the scenario, but at the same time he admitted he loved her. Yeah. And so, so it's kind of like, it's a bummer. Obviously it's, it's a terrible feeling that it worked out that way, but in the end she's banging hot. So he's okay. You know, <laughs> yeah. life goes on, son. <laughs> so sorry. My brother died. Yeah. 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 Right. Dear. By the way, did you like the moral lesson of rich white people can get away with murder? Wasn't that remarkable? <laughs> <laughs> like, like how? Well, in France, right? In, in well, France, or it was Montreal. It was Montreal. Okay, so you don't realize sense. it's Montreal until the very end when they're coming to take her away, and you see like Montreal police on the uh, little ambulance. Oh, I didn't even notice that. that. Yes. Yeah, I, I just assumed it was in in France, you know. But that makes sense, Same right? So, so yeah, in Canada. In Canada, okay. they definitely they're all aristocratic and stuff, and so they're just they're letting white rich people off the hook left oh. and right. Oh, so did she you murder your husband? Up. Yeah, and they're we'll, like, we'll pay yeah. for a nurse to take care of you. Just stay in bed. It was and so relax. she assumed it so much that she's like, oh no, I'm not gonna go anywhere today. Like it yeah. was just this yeah. assumption, this kind of matter of factly thing that she's like, no, nah, I'm good. <laughs> like, well, oh, I had such a good night's sleep. If we're gonna talk about the Canadian police force we have to talk about the medical examiner then because this movie starts with a woman has crushed a man with whatever a press or something right yeah. it goes right into it it because it's a murder mystery from the get-go pretty yeah. gory yeah. too but yeah i feel like i've watched enough csi and quincy and other things to realize that <laughs> if you smash a half man half fly the medical examiner would still be able to go, hey, there's something weird about this. There's a lot of bizarre <laughs> black fibers. Yeah. Like, the, yeah the, the claw hand, man. Yeah. Look, it'll get a freaking claw hand. Yeah. yeah. Um, we got but a I problem mean, here. There are no teeth, uh, so I don't know. <laughs> there's no discernible skull or yeah. Well, they were saying that it was like metal on metal, that it, the, the press was set to such a degree that it was basically there's liquid. You're mm -hmm. liquefied. Yeah. But still, but the rest of his body, though. Yeah. You know, so I mean, it's a real Mickey Mouse operation happening up in Canada. He's yakking up there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut him slack. <laughs> they were shooting from the hip, man, you know. Yeah. Trial and error. But that's how I felt about the movie. I liked the movie a lot. And I, I the last thing I'll say about it, I really liked the techniques that, that were used to show people um, kind of the personality of the person or the quirks and stuff. When they went to the, when they went to the um, right, the the dude, who, the the scientist, he's sitting there and he's he's focused on that. He's with his beautiful wife. They're you know super hot and stuff. 
and he's looking down watching this awesome ballet, which I I enjoyed seeing that. And then <laughs> it shows him put his uh like a a program down, and he starts mm-hmm. he has that that thing in his mind. He starts doing it, and she looks over and sees, and it's like obviously something that she's dealt with with him for a long time. Yes. And and even Vincent Price says that you know how he is. He can vanish for two weeks at a time, and just go away. And he's like you don't see him, but that's yes. his life. Well, he does that. And she busts him, and he turns around, and she's like, mm-mm, kind of thing. And he just kind of, you know, sits back. But I felt like that was a really cool moment because you didn't have to, and I, don't, I won't jump into the description of the second one, but that's not how, it wasn't subtle things like that that, that showed the obsession of Goldblum. Right. And because yeah. I and- watched it in that order, I thought, this is a clever way to show that this guy is constantly thinking about this stuff. Right. And, I and like it's that. funny in a movie in '58 is showing a stronger woman than the one in '85. Yeah, I mean, much like this. To me, the personal stakes are higher in this one because it's a it's a family that all loves each other, and there's a child involved. As annoying as that kid <laughs> is, yeah, right. Who in the '50s he's in a ton of movies. He's always being chased by like a monster or an alien or something. He's just one of those kids. <laughs> he, he's like right up there with the kid in Babadook. I just can't stand him. Looking oh, oh gosh. Looking yeah. Philippe. Um, but I did like the fact where with them, the stakes are higher because this is also the destruction of their family. This kid is potentially left with nobody but creepy, creepy uncle. He was a yeah. good sport about it. He was a good sport about having to keep going out to the yard to look for one specific fly. Well, yeah. I yeah. mean, he's young. Get that white-headed fly there, buddy. I'll go get that. Yeah, and they have like a big yard and stuff, man. There's trees everywhere. It's like, come on, man. Yeah, I'll you find know, that. One. So, but and he yeah, did. You're right him. about her being stronger, and it's yeah. weird because you bring it up that she's the that she's, uh, she's a wife in a home, right? She's a housewife, right? And in the newer one, she's the the adventurous person who's out there writing the hard hitting articles and stuff like that, and yet she's really the weaker character. The way they portrayed her. Yes. was weaker than the one who was the the housewife. Yeah, exactly. Kind of, but because it, interesting thing. Yeah. She could be weaker because she didn't have that tie. Sure, she had sex with him on his pull-out sofa a couple of times, but that wasn't enough to fully invest her in him. As, oh, look, four hours, dude, or whatever it was. We've all had so one-night stands. I don't know if that one-night stand is going to come back but as you <laughs> turn into a freaking fly. I'll be that concerned about you. Yeah. Chad. Yes. What did you think of the original? <clears throat> I, I I kind of wish that I had seen the original before because something happens at some point with movies. The shock of the original becomes kind of commonplace, like Hitchcock's Psycho. Whether you've seen it or not, you know exactly what the story's about. There's no real you know shock factor. There's no guessing, and the fly, the original fly, is a mystery. And if you didn't, you know, know anything uh, going in, I could I could see it being highly entertaining. You know, like not knowing. Uh, I mean, I'm, yeah, the movie's called The Fly, but but if you didn't know, you know, I don't know what the publicity was like back then, other than the, you know, the 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 shots that they would use for promos sometimes. You know, just like screenshots of the film or or just uh, stuff like that. I can't remember what the, the one card things that they used to. Uh, provide for all the monster kids and stuff and, and the, mm-hmm. the shots that you would see in famous monsters and things like that. But I don't know how much 
people knew about it going in. And if you if you weren't like kind of desensitized to that type of thing, um, I would I'd be curious to know the impact of this movie when it first came out. To, to it was it shocking that you find out what happened? You know, right. you find out why it happened. I mean, we all knew going in exactly what happened, whether we had seen the movie or not. And I think that's a shame, just like with Psycho. If you've never seen Psycho before, Jeremiah, I don't know if you've seen it before, but if you haven't, you know what yeah, happened. Yeah, I've seen Psycho, dude. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, <laughs> yeah. I've, seen, I've seen Psycho, but I, that's that's fair because I didn't see Jaws before Paleo. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. And, in, in, but with Psycho, like, you might know not know about the, the, the like, robbery part and the money, you know, but, but you know that chick gets killed in the shower and Norman's watching her and that... Norman, uh, oh, spoiler alert. And then then Norman, you know, is really his mom and he's keeping her body and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, so I think it's a shame that that really good films can kind of be, um, I don't know if I want to say ruined, but a good film cannot hold up specifically for that reason. So I watched it um, with that type of appreciation. You know, to where I, you know, like, what would, like, if I went in blind and didn't know anything about it, realizing uh, what a great uh, mystery that it was. And and like Jeremiah, I loved the the hood, and you know, it was very ominous. It was black and just brooding. It was it was cool, and I was glad that they kept that on there as long as they did. He could see and, a lot through um, that hood, by the way. Yeah, that's, yeah. Like, that's a magic material that he must have invented as well. The see-through black hood. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was, the, uh, go ahead, Jack. Say, it, one of the things that you kind of appreciate or notice is how much time they take in the communication between the two once he can't speak anymore. Like mm-hmm. a lot of movies wouldn't have the patience for that kind of thing, and a lot of this was the going back and forth and trying to figure things out and trying things that you're like, you would never see that in a modern movie. Or like yeah. the slow typing. Yeah. It actually By the way, showed the typewriter slowly doing yeah. it. Like, yeah. I thought that was like kind of cool. There's a whole generation that has no idea what he's writing those letters on. <laughs> yeah, they're like, what is that thing? <laughs> yeah. It's like a laser disc, man. <laughs> but, but speaking of, you know, modern things that, uh, or that they wouldn't do in a modern film, there was some lines in there about God that I, I found really interesting, in particular when uh, he says, God gives us intelligence to uncover the wonders of nature. Without the gift, nothing is possible. You're definitely not going to hear something like that. Yeah. It, just, just the whole idea of, um, you know, I mean, it, it credits God for science, um, which has always made sense to me personally but that doesn't happen these days and somewhere along the line people started thinking if, if you believe in god then you don't believe in science Which and I, I have never subscribed to that and so to have a uh to have a, a film um you know that it, with a strong woman character you know it's not like she was uh you know making sandwiches all through the movie she had a maid to make the sandwiches and clean up after her freaking messes oh wait uh, i have i watched the original one like a month or two ago so it's a little bit. The, the the maid is somebody famous. Is it the girl, the woman from Throw Mama from the Train or something like that? I think so. Is it really? Like she's, she's been in a billion movies, the woman who plays the maid. 
which when I first watched this, I, I thought, like Jeremiah, that it was in France when I was growing up. And I was like, why does everyone speak English? Yeah. Like, there's nobody here that speaks even with a French accent except maybe the the inspector. What, have, what was his name? Was it Francois or something like that? I don't know. Clouseau. Clouseau. I was going <laughs> to say one more thing, man. I forgot about this, but it was actually something Chad said about, like, about the dialogue and, and things like that, like um, things that were stated. I felt like for that time that it was really prescient in that there, that conversation between the husband and the wife about progress, technology, and people's ability, normal everyday folks' ability to deal with the how rapidly it's advancing and mm -hmm. how she felt like it was overwhelming, um, that she saw utility in it, but there's kind of a place for it. And him, he was the stargazer. You know, he's like, it's marching on. We're we're pushing forward. This is all kind of a destiny thing. You know, God gave us this. We're moving forward, kind of thing. But the conversation itself lasted a, a relatively long time on this actually kind of deep subject that even now is kind of looped around after all this time. And there's a lot of people now who are finding themselves in that same struggle. Like, oh my gosh. It's all around me, and everywhere I go, the first thing I see in the morning, the last thing I see at night, and during the day, the bing and the boop and the bleep and the blop, <laughs> and all of this all the time, and it's never ending, and the technocrats are like, move forward, <laughs> we're yeah. going to upload your brain, <laughs> Black Mirror is real, <laughs> and so like that, that world, those things are still here, and, and I just felt like, man, this is, a, this is a conversation, whoever wrote this, and you said the writer. James Clavell, who's a great writer. That that's, that's not just good writing. That means he had an a really fantastic and forward-looking uh, understanding of the nature of technology in in respect to the nature of people and how we have different forces at play. One that's kind of reserved and one that's moving forward, and the difficulty in the middle. And I thought it was awesome because it's a husband and wife who love each other. And it brought out that conversation. I, I just, I said, this was, it was amazing. And yeah. I was really impressed by that. Yeah. Good. Because you could almost call this a sci-fi movie. Yeah, definitely. And good sci-fi is always a good representation of what's going on, not only in the current world, but in future worlds. And good sci-fi writers can, it's almost weird. It's almost like they have some sort of ability to see into the future and fold it into what's going on in, in the present time. And that's one of the things that I think that's what makes this movie stand out still many, many years later. I mean, Jack and I, we were only like 20 when this movie came out. So <laughs> it's been, it's been out there for a long time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Actually, my dad, I think my dad was like 15 when this movie came out. I wish he was still around. So I could have like picked his brain because my dad worked in a movie theater he was an usher in a movie theater for years and years in the Bronx. So he would see all these movies. He rigged up the seats for the Tingler, another mm. Vincent Price Ooh, classic. Really? Yeah. So uh, they would awesome. they would rig up. I think he said like you know twenty seats they were able to rig up for the Tingler to like shock people. While I thought that was a porno. Dude, William it's, Castle. It's, doesn't it sound like one? Oh, the Tingler. The Tingler. Stream. You're thinking of the Shocker. The Shocker. <laughs> <laughs> Horace Pinker. <laughs> oh my 
Like, you started yeah. it, Jeremiah. Yeah. <laughs> but when you, you said about being a sci-fi movie, that's what struck me. Like I said, I haven't seen this since I was a kid, and it was never a movie that really stuck with me as far as older movies. It was just like one of the cool, like, yeah. And I it definitely is, to me, like half sci-fi, half horror, yeah. if not more sci-fi. And I've watched uh, quite a few old um, Twilight Zones lately. Uh, like Shatner looking out the window in the plane. Um, this ending totally felt like a Twilight Zone ending. Well, Twilight Zones, everyone's screwed. Yeah, that's just the end of Twilight. Hey, I, you're I was going to ask you guys what you thought of the ending, and you said it was like a Twilight Zone ending. I think it would have been a Twilight Zone ending if they hadn't seen the fly. And I was asking, I was going to ask you guys what what you would think. Would do you think you would like the movie even more if they never found the fly? No. I mean, they said they they you saw need the that fly. Moment. What? <laughs> you need that you moment that, of the. You need the happy ending. No, no. Well, no, the no. spider <laughs> eating the guy and then smashing it with a rock. I would have, cha- I would have kept the you know the the face on the fly and screaming in terror, and I would have done the brick, but she still would have gone to jail. That kid would have had no parents. That's what, that's what I mean. Like like if the uh, wasn't it the inspector saw so that's all they needed. There's okay now we know happy ending. Yes, this guy is gonna die, but at least she's not gonna go to jail. And then her and Vincent can pursue a whole another type of fly. Yeah. And, <laughs> now yeah. if this happened, the, in the price is right. Housing projects <laughs> from Canyon, she would have gone to jail. But because she was a wealthy white woman living in montreal in 1958 i like getting off i like that she got away with it but i kept thinking to myself that if one of my favorite tv detectives was on this like monk or columbo they would have figured out the fly thing you got gone from quincy to columbo (laughs) that's amazing they would have been but they didn't have any sharp detectives on this case no yeah he was like sitting down for tea with her hearing out this crazy story like with interest, like I just want to know what you what you thought, and she's yeah. like going through and talking about it, and then when she's done, she's like, like it's what well, I told you, it's done, it's over, like yeah. you know. <laughs> it's like, well, don't worry, this nurse that the uh, government is paying for will take care of you, and yeah, yeah. maybe we'll see you later. We don't know. Yeah, we'll and then she admitted lying. She admitted but, lying that she said she was trying to look crazy. That's yeah. another crime in and of itself. So, I mean, it's more than just that. I mean, she's even like. You know, you, you could put a whole host of different lesser crimes in there that I she committed. Th- I kind of think maybe she was crazy. Like, wh- I'm watching this with my wife, and she says to me, she says, would you let me see your fly head if that happened to you? I said, no. I said, because no matter, you and I could have spent a century <laughs> together. The only thing you're going to remember is me and my fly head. Yeah. And yeah. I don't want that to happen to you. And I do think that part of her broke when she saw that fly head. And I think that's why maybe she was so delusional in the end going, Oh, and you know, the nurse like, Oh, put on your coat. Oh, I'm not going out anywhere. Am I? (laughs) Yeah, you are. You're going to that stretcher. She was shocked by it. And I do think there's two ways to take, you could take it of the, the privileged white girl, or you could take it as the poor woman who saw the love of her life turned into a freaking fly who she's had a little break with reality at this point, and then liquefied his brain in a press. Yeah, and then murdered. You know, and she she told him that yeah twice. twice. Yeah, and she even said that she wouldn't be scared by it. 
that she's like when she told him she wanted to see and she's like it's, it'll be okay and then she sees it and she's like Bleh! you know yeah. like well, yeah, like to totally that. the opposite you know so that was I mean, she's pretty shook man <clears throat> yeah you know and if you think about it the 50s version and the 80s version both have great takes on what would happen if you and a fly were teleported in a pod together and yeah. it was clearly like the 50s was a more a simpler oh yeah You'd get the head and a hand, you know, like that. And then when you get the Cronenberg, it gets more sophisticated. Uh, so they're both like great takes on that what if, you know, teleportation. Right. Jack, when you were a kid, did you wish that a fly would get into the transporter on Star Trek and turn like the landing party to <laughs> half man, half flies? Because I used to think that all the time, like fly, spider, ant. Like I wanted to see the red shirts come out with like ant legs we always th talked more about like what would happen if they transported in like half into a couch or something oh like that. yeah you we know, just like... think that's what if you put them in a boulder yeah like it, it was like <laughs> yeah. oh shoot me captain shoot me captain maybe that's what happened to uh, that maybe that's the origin of uh what's his name gorn or whatever he got a trap with an iguana the but gorn, then, yeah uh, there's a great line in um wrath of khan where they're they're wondering where the uh the people from the space station went on the transporter and Kirk's like, well, we're just going to go where they went. And Bones is like, but what, if, what if they went somewhere like in the middle of the rock or something? What's well, your, your big chance to get away from it all? And he's like, fuck it. Let's just go. And literally like, you're like, you could have just beamed yourself into the middle of that rock. Yeah. But, uh, Kirk. <laughs> he doesn't get beamed. Into the rocks. <laughs> oh. <Yeah>. Giant balls. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's in very interesting though because this is billed as a Vincent Price movie, but he's really a, a yeah. minor character in this movie. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's tough. It's really her movie. Like David Hedison, yeah. who was the fly, is in it a lot. No, actually, no. I'm sorry, he's not in it a lot. Like right. none of the guys really are. It's it's her movie. Yeah. yeah. Which is also rare to see back then. In this type of flick. Yeah. And she I wasn't like it. you know heaving bosoms and stuff. She and was I in like house coats. I liked her clothes, man. I'm nostalgic like that. I like the clothes, the 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 houses, the colors in it, and that's a stark contrast. Like I mean, you, you're with the first in the remake, yeah. is the the home, uh, the colors in in the first one are bright, multicolored. I mean, you've got all the books. The library has reds and blues and yellows and greens and whites. And the the different textures of everything, and they're in this beautiful mansion that's obviously well kept. They've got you know servants and stuff, and so it's a different it's a different scene. But then you get to the the, the remake, and that's like lots of browns, <laughs> like yeah, a lot of a lot of brown, a lot of wood, Crap kind of stuff going on there. Yeah, rafters and stuff. And so it's almost like it's the respect of the scientist has changed. The way the scientist at one point could live in this opulence and it was respected. Where Jeff Goldblum was like hiding out in some industrial warehouse, doing his stuff all by himself. Yeah, it's almost it like a, a DIY. Change. Yeah, DIY guy. It's a yeah. change in the, how we view science. I'll tell you what, though, if you think about this, the, the remake, and we'll, we'll get into this when we talk about it, was brilliant. But how interesting would it have been if Hammer or somebody like that had made a remake of this, like in the '60s or early '70s? Oh. With the hammer thing, like it would have been so, it would have been, probably been a lot more along the lines of the original storyline, but with more 
sex and creature. Yeah, more boobs for sure. Very, very bosomy. <laughs> for sure. And lots of walking. You ever notice Hammer movies? Yeah. The sound of the walking is very prominent in all Hammer movies. A lot of horses. Heels. I was like, is everyone wearing tap shoes in Hammer movies? Why is Who's Hammer? Like you like guys are killing horror. me. Hammer, oh. Hammer is a, the, all the I'm Christopher. MC Hammer, I'm like, dude, MC Hammer movies. I don't know what you guys are thinking. Uh-oh. It's like, it's like the, in, not the awesome at all. <laughs> it's like all the um, Christopher Lee Dracula movies and the English. Uh, it's like 50s, 60s and 70s, like Technicolor horror movies. It was a British horror studio that produced a lot of gothic horror movies and, and tons of Dracula movies. Okay. Which is Jack can take you down that road one day. You can hold his hand and he'll he'll yeah. guide you through. Like, that was yeah. my childhood. Because <laughs> um, I, I I could not imagine that you guys were really talking about MC Hammer. Like once you once you said the no. time frame, I'm like obviously not. <laughs> I'm like, uh, an, an MC Hammer <laughs> remake of this would actually be the best thing. You know, like you, know, you can't <laughs> MC touch this Hammer version of the fly. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> No, it's over. Stop. That's we, press time. That's why we pray. Yeah. Because because Jack keeps doing all these old references. When he said Mike or when he said Hammer, I'm thinking like Mike Hammer, like Mickey Splain. Oh, because I mean you're you're dropping like Quincy and Columbo. I'll wait for you to make a Trapper John MB reference or something. His favorite actress is Mary Pickford. From the 1920s. <laughs> oh, so Jack, what do you I, think? I like it though. It makes me feel less uh, less old when I talk yep. to you guys. We... I've lived all that. So we're a combined age on this podcast of Methuselah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I had a blast with this uh, this movie. Uh, this is there's so many like um, like the thing. And the Invisible Man and this that are the remake is so good and it's like like a genre defining movie you know what I mean and mm-hmm. it's some of them like like I said like the Invisible Man I saw it when I was a kid and I've watched it recently but like I don't have an, a super affection for the original one but I, I have a fondness for it. Um, mm-hmm. And the but like the thing from another world I've only seen that like twice. Oh, I love that movie. It's good, but it's not like one I revisit. What? Yeah, I've never seen that, dude. You have to watch it. But there's so many. It's similar to this. Like the rule back then was, you don't show the monster until somewhere in the third act. You build up that tension. And George Romero put the thing from another world the best because they're in. You know, they're still in the base in the Antarctic. And they do this mechanism of opening and closing doors through the first hour. Open, close, open, close. You never know what's coming. Like after a while, you start thinking, oh, it's just another person walking through the door. And then when the thing comes out through the door, you freak, you jump. And I know where where it's coming. And we still jump when it happens yeah. to, uh, to great effect that. I don't think anybody has. Well, a few people have the skill nowadays, but it's rare. And I don't think people would wait that long anymore, which is sad. But it's great because there's two ways to do a remake, right? Like either try and replicate the original to some degree, but bring something new to it or take the core of it and and make something different. And this one did that. So you can psycho psycho it. 
Yeah. Oh, God. Oh. <laughs> Don't oh, do that. Jack, Jack I, I just saw your hat. I almost bought that hat. Oh, isn't it awesome? The sleeve stack. Sleeve stack. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Are Come you standing on. before a bunch of colored crystals right now? Yeah. Angry, angry Minnow. Yeah, Angry Minnow. That's where I got it. Yeah. I've been Chaka. seeing that. That's a pop-up ad that worked on me. Finally, I was like, I got to have it. Me that too. Hat. I did buy a hat, and I was like, do I want the Chaka one, the, the sleeve stack one? And then I end up getting a different one. Ah, yeah, I was like, I have to have the. What, you, Sorry, get Holly? Go you got Holly? <laughs> no. <laughs> Big Alice. My first crush. <laughs> um. So yeah, I, I I was very happy that we chose this because a lot of the times when you talk about uh, original versus a remake, it's more like something that was like Jeremiah, what you were thinking, like something that was like made in the, I don't know the sixties or seventies, and then something that's now like, like Dawn of the Dead or or something like that. You know, like the original versus Zack Snyder's or something like that. But it's fun to go back to these movies like the 50s that I haven't seen since I was a kid. And like I said, my memory's hazy on them. And then going, oh, my God, yeah. Like I didn't realize so much about the, the teleporter machine and how cool it was in that and then how much Cronenberg borrowed from that and then how much he kind of improved on it. Right. You know, By the way, the sound of the teleporter, I think they ripped from War of the Worlds. Oh. It was the sound of the, uh, the the war machines as they were gearing up to like zap you with a laser. It was the same sound. Interesting. Uh, I'm a dork for I like I like the I liked the set the uh the the room where the transporters were in the first one. I thought that the colors for that, the neon colors and how all the sounds and speaking yep. of transporters, dude, Chad just That's made, Chad's oh, there he is. He's, yeah, he's somewhere. He's, there, he's there he for is. A fly. <laughs> he transported, man. You know. <laughs> oh God, he's so, gone again. He's gone again. What the heck? Help he's me! He's help me! Oh no, yeah, he's still over there. He's somewhere. I can hear but, him. Uh, so, but it was. Uh, I just, I thought that was really cool, and it stood out too, because I felt like even though the rest of the movie was really colorful, um, it was so different th- yeah. from the rest of it that you know to see the the lights and it didn't, it didn't smack of of kind of a lot of the vintage sci-fi stuff where it's just a lot of buttons that are like lights just doing yeah. that. That yeah. may have been a little bit there, but the emphasis on the neon lights that are getting brighter and brighter and everything and that, that droning hum that's happening. Uh, yeah. I just, I thought it was great. I thought it was, it was awesome. That was a re that was a modern 58 modern reinterpretation of Dracula's lab, which you got the thing. <laughs> Literally people were getting electrocuted on the set of that movie when they were doing the original. <laughs> Because you've got like literal beams of electricity flying all around the place, so it was. It's like, hey, it's fifty-eight. We got neon right now, and it's like it's kind of cooler and it's safer. You can do it in your basement while Philippe is upstairs hunting for bugs. <laughs> Everybody's good. And oh, the cat. What was the cat's name? Oh, I hate forget. it. Uh, well, like, yeah, yeah. Dandelo. I'm a cat person. Don't name a cat Dandelo. It yeah. deserves what it gets if it's damaged. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By the way, if you did this nowadays with a dog, the movie's not getting released. Yeah. Cats is always fine. What did you guys oh. think of the unrealistic optimism of finding a fly once it got outdoors? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah. we're all full of that, right? <laughs> <laughs> Although but he may- found it twice. Yeah, he ma- found ma- it maybe twice. maybe because it had a human head. It knew to stay around the house. Maybe, maybe. That was a confusing thing because, well, because 
the man with the fly head could still think like a man. So you'd assume that the fly with the man head thought like a fly. But then he's screaming for his life in the end. So there's yeah. some humanity left in there. So maybe yeah. he was smart enough to at least hang around a little bit. And what I drove me? I... Go, oh, go ahead, Chad. I, I was just going to say that I, I think that that scene, we talked earlier about, about seeing bits and pieces of movies until we virtually have seen all, you know, know what happens before we even see the movie. I think, I could be wrong, but I think that I saw that scene originally in Terror in the Isles. Yeah. <laughs> you guys, do you guys remember that? Yeah. Yes, I do. I saw I, that in the theater. What pissed me Thanks. off was you've got a kid who's a master bug catcher, right? So you see the fly in the in the parlor, and they put the sugar out, and then you leave it to mom to get the fly out of the net. And, of course, she doesn't know what she's doing. Leave it to the kid. I'd be like, kid, do it. This is This is what you do best. Get that bug in your jar right there. Yeah. I felt like the I felt like the first one that is a weak point for me was that um having seen the second one first, I felt like the conversations that were happening after the transformation began were more realistic between uh Gina Davis and Goldblum than between the wife and the husband in the first one. Well they're and all felt, very aristocratic about it. Yeah, they're very aristocratic, but I felt like it was like not what I, I didn't feel like that's how people would really react, and yet I I did yeah. feel that in that's like every movie in the fifties it was more realistic in that way, you know, to the way that people would react, and not not entirely. There were some things I thought were like, well, I don't know about that, but at the same time, I felt that that was a weakness in the first one, that it was it, it followed a typical uh, structure that you have of a mystery, for example, a murder mm. mystery, and then it gets to the place where. The fly enters into the scene, and I felt like from that point forward, the dialogue wasn't as believable, even for a situation that's outrageous, right? I mean, it's not it's an unrealistic situation, but there's still an there's still an expectation that you're going to have dialogue that would be like I can imagine myself saying that or acting right. this way, and I I felt that that was kind of a weakness in the. Well, you're in, looking at it's a Hollywood aesthetic in the fifties. So you didn't get people talking like people until James Dean and Marlon Brando came along in 55. Mm-hmm. So this is only three years removed. Like I used to ask my grandparents watching these movies, like grandma, did you ever dress like that? Like these long flowing dresses and how she's like, uh, no. And my grandpa, like, that's not to the goddamn movies. <laughs> so uh, guys in ties and in their house, Vincent Price's yeah. red smoking jacket was awesome. Oh Yes. So if there's any fans out there that want to send me a smoking jacket, you can send yes. Jack books. I'll take a smoking jacket by all means. I was watching I that with my wife and I said, I, I, I that, that thing is awesome. I, yeah. I have to get one of those. It is yeah. tremendous, but it's, it's fairy tale land and it's some of the di- The dialogue is a little less stilted than you get pre 55, you know, 50, before 55. Yeah. Hello. How you doing there? Oh, I'm great. How are you? Like this is very staccato kind of, mm-hmm. which it changes like literally dean and brando changed the way people spoke in movies to the point now where you know it's now we have mumblecore just you know idiots just mumble (laughs) on and on and on Uh, but you know it's more reflective of what we do it's less escapism and more of realism i think one thing um we we should talk about before we flip over to the other one is the creature the creature effect what did you think of the fly itself? I thought that the 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 animated bits uh, I thought worked really well for the for the time. 
like yeah. the little um I think, uh, yeah as ridiculous as it might look just because yeah it would have been cooler if, if it was like half the head was human half the head you know instead of just 100 percent fly and 100 percent fly limb but um i still thought it worked i still thought it was yeah. cool yeah i don't know if hedison was in the fly outfit but the way that the head would twitch yeah yeah like a like a nervous fly i thought that was great and the little pipe cleaners sticking out of the mouth and they're shaking and everything I, it was cool. It was the reveal must have been awesome back then. And yeah. it's they don't get too close to it where you kind of ruin like the, the little bit of magic dust that they've sprinkled on it. So I thought I still think it looks good. It's yeah. I would prefer that to any CGI crap that you give me nowadays. Oh. Yeah, I liked it. I liked the the effect that they did with the eyes too. Where you see multiple of her face, you know. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, all over the place. Cool. I thought that was a really cool a really cool scene, you know, yeah. and so I like the the way that that helped to give you an idea for the fly, you know, because mm-hmm. you see the face, but now you're seeing through the eyes, and so mm-hmm. yeah, I thought that was awesome. I liked I liked the fly. I liked uh, the, the the way that the fly looked, um, even even the hand and that he was fighting against it, you know, because they had to figure out a way to show that struggle. Yeah. Right. And the flies like, you know, wanting to type evil things or something. I don't know. <laughs> you know, but it was but he's like he's like fighting. He's like, no, don't do it. You know, kind of yeah. doing that thing, you know, like the fight club thing, fighting himself. But it was a little bit like that. But it was uh, but I thought it was awesome, especially for the time. You know, yeah. I like the little things in the face, little in the mouth and everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I like that it wasn't like over the top because in in the remake, it's not it's. It's a lot. Like Brenda, Brenda Fly, there's a lot going on with Brenda Fly. There's a lot going on with that. And so it's it's a totally different feel watching that. It's it's dated, of course. But I thought there's there's a value to that too. And I yeah. Because it was better than just like watching a play. You know what I mean? Like it was it was still high quality effect and everything and high quality costume stuff. But yeah. um yeah. If he was smart, if he was smart, he would have taken a chainsaw to his hand and then put a chainsaw there where his hand used to be. <laughs> you are absolutely right. <laughs> you're fighting your hand. You know what you're yeah. going to do. Yeah. yeah. They're both excellent movies of their time, and they're yeah. very reflective of their time. Yeah, that's a good point. So All right. are we going to get to the next one? I think we need to jump, jump into the next one. So what was this, 1985? <laughs> we're, but that's what we're saying the entire time. Yeah, was it was 85 right or 86, I thought. Yeah. Maybe. Oh, 80. Uh, 86. There we go. Yeah. 86. Yeah. I was 72. <laughs> okay, so Jeremiah. I spit out my stuff all over the set, man. <laughs> oh. If, you know, when we when we did Paleo Cheese, you guys said, like, pick a horror movie. I easily could have picked this because it's, I don't know where it is on my list, but it's definitely, like, in my top horror movies of all time. Uh so, like, I think I speak for the other two guys here. This one is one of those any horror. We could all get together and we could fight about which horror movies they like or we don't. But this is one of those consensus ones that everybody loves. Yeah, so, there's nothing to hate about it. No, unless you don't like fly vomit. If you have an yeah. aversion to fly vomit, trigger warning. But that, yeah. I think the fly vomit is one of the reasons why we all love this movie. Yeah, uh, it oh, was for sure. unforgettable. And uh, yeah. we'll, we'll mention again, it's brought to us by uh, David Cronenberg, who is the master of weird body stuff. And yeah. you couldn't have picked a better director, I think, to, to make this movie. So what, it's a totally different experience. 
watching this. Yeah, for sure. I oh, mean, yeah. it's not even it's not even close. I mean, you know, it's 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 one of these movies where when you're watching it and you're seeing the little things like the fingernail come out. Yeah. You know, or the teeth and stuff. Anything like that where your gut is just twisting. And then you start to see the hairs and they're prickly and you see just the skin is ear come off, man. You know, <laughs> what was the movie? Is it Dead Alive? What is that, Chad? Yeah. Ear in the pudding moment, dude. And I'm just like, and, he, and Goldberg was so hilarious about it, you know, Goldblum. Uh, Goldblum was so hilarious about it where he's just like, uh, you know, like, oh, well, there goes that kind of thing, you know. And I thought it was, uh, it was just, it was nasty. So there's, there's times where I'm watching it and I'm like, oh no, <laughs> like, I'm like, it just, yeah. and it gets worse. It just gets worse and worse and worse. But then there's a kind of a time when he's, you know, he's, he's kind of crawling up, you know, and he's, he's waking up to the realization that there's an end to this, that there's an aim to the transformation. It's not just random. Um, it's wanting to consume him. He's eventually going to evolve into this thing right mm -hmm. um and in that phase he kind of reminded me a little bit more of the toxic avenger like it wasn't so slimy and bubbly in the skin and stuff it was just grody looking like a a, a really flyish looking elephant man or something like something weird but it was the grossness of it all um yeah. that's the first thing i mean it's so dramatically different uh the gross factor um, the only thing, and, and I don't know if I would say this is bad, um, cause it is a dated thing too, like for the era is the, the crazy scientist, right? The cuckoo scientist guy who's in his house and he's got, you know, he's talking about the, you know, changing the world and doing this kind of thing like the first one. Right. Mm -hmm. But he didn't have the, the social life that the first dude had. He right. was kind of what we've come to the crazy mad scientist guy now who, you know, is is in a weird environment and he's doing crazy experiments and he's kind of cuckoo guy uh, willing to put himself at risk and stuff um, more than just changing the world. And so that was that was very different, too. And I actually preferred the first one on that on that score to it. Mm -hmm. um, Gina Davis, I did not know that she was going to be in that. And so I was actually really happy to see that. Um, I've always, in fact, I've missed her. <laughs> like, I don't know what happened with her, man. Like, you know. Uh, she did the Exorcist TV series a few years ago, but she hasn't done much. Well, that's Hollywood. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're over yeah. 40? And she's yeah. over 50, so, or maybe over 60 at this point, so, so long. Yeah, it's exactly. And so it, she'll, be, she'll be put into a certain mold then, you know. Yep. But, uh, but I like that. And the only other thing that I, and I'll, I'll just say the thing that I didn't care for, was the boyfriend guy. Oh. I was like, yeah, Dick. You know, yeah, he, he, he was a prick. He was a total stalker. He's a total stalker. He's like stalking her at the store. He's all peeping Tom and over the stuff. Mm. Seeing the jacket. He's like, you buying that jacket for yourself? <laughs> like, <laughs> Taking a shower in her apartment. Yeah, man. Like, this guy's really messed yeah. up. And then he shows up at the end, and I won't spoil. I'll, we'll, I'll let it come out as it comes out. But like he shows up like at the end, I'm kind of glad he got jacked. You know, I mean, I'm like, if, if anybody's gonna get jacked up, I'm glad it's that guy. Um, but he know. gets a little bit of redemption there. Yeah, he, he does. does. Yeah, a little, you know. He's still he's a not, jerk. Yeah. <laughs> he's taking it really far. If it's just if it's just out of dislike, you know, 
or some weird thing. I mean, he's putting a lot on the line. I mean, he's going to be doing a lot of therapy now, and so he's gonna yeah. he's gonna have little those little crutches like Tiny Tim and stuff. So he's going to be struggling. Um, but you know, but it was, but I I liked it. I liked the the intensity of it it increasingly getting grosser, yeah. but that also being tethered with it increasingly him becoming increasingly aware of what's going on and getting going through kind of phases with it where in the beginning it's it's like really messing with him he's fascinated and then he's like all zoomed out of his mind like sped out and then he's and, uh, yeah. blue pills it's like blue exactly roid rage man he's like flipping out and then he's you know a sex maniac and you know because they they don't live very long flies don't and right. so they're just poon central. I mean, they're just boning left and right because they're dying so soon. And so they have to. Meet me on that poo. pile of poo and let's do yeah. it. Meet me over there. We can do it. And so the, uh, um, but it, he increasingly became aware and was going through that. And as he became aware, that's when, when she walked in and he's, he actually had the tiny Tim thing happening and, uh, or the Jimmy guy or whatever, Timmy from South Park. He had those things. And so like, he comes in and he's super weak and he's dying and he knows he is and he's starting to become back to himself. And I felt that that was pretty awesome, actually, like the way that that came around full circle to the end where it's quite obviously him. And it was a very tragic thing. And that I felt was one of the greatest strengths of the newer one was that um, was the, the tragic nature of the end. I felt that the first one ended on the happy ending you know, where even though Homeboy's dead, he wasn't really that, you weren't that connected to him. Right. You know, he was the scientist guy who was trying to do cool things, but you didn't have a feeling for him. Whereas Goldblum, you do. And so when what happens with him, I mean, that is genuinely sad. And and there's no happy stuff after that, you know. There's, there's no putting arm in arm and talking about Uncle Vincent or whatever and walking away, you know, kind of thing. And so, very different films. Uh, very both. Uh, you guys are totally right. P- products of their era, their age, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you can watch either one and just nail where it is. What era is that? You know, even if you didn't know the actresses or the actors, you could just see it and say, "Yep, that right there. That's 1980s sometime. You know, 1950s over here." And so you would be able to, you'd be able to spot it. So. I liked both of them. I liked the second one, but for completely different reasons. And I was completely grossed out. So thanks a lot. Um, <laughs> it was super nasty, man. And it uh, had a nip shot. It did have a nip shot. A um, little nippy it? nipple. It ha- yeah, it had a spice moment because he's squeezing it. You can see the corner of the little oh. nipple. It was, a, it was a Channel 99 moment. Um, I got to go back and look. <laughs> yeah, I missed it. <laughs> yeah. I, actually, I think... In his medicine cabinet, I, I I might be wrong, but isn't there a, a penis in one of the jars there? Oh, I didn't catch that. I, I oh my there. god, I gotta go back and look now. <laughs> you guys are all gotta go back and see the penis. I'm going to watch it again. Watching yeah. the first movie, I said to my wife, I said, I wonder if his dick is a fly dick. Like the first, I was like, and what's the size of it? And this could account for his anger. What is the size relative to scale for them? I don't know. I've well, never seen a on fly penis. A Spanish fly or not. <laughs> yes. 
Oh my god! With all that cr- flying around, crawling around, if it, if it was human and just small, I'd end up having a nasty callus or something on there. <laughs> I know Goldblum got plenty, plenty of mileage out of his penis before it fell off. Then for sure, yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he, yeah, he was a, he was a very uh, social guy, and he was awkward, but he sure did get, bring in the hotties. Oh, he, he did, did didn't he? Yeah, he was, yeah. He needed to make baby mayflies. That was an awkward conversation about him saying, yeah, I, I live with my mom. You know, to the and I think Jeannie <laughs> Davis played it well, though. Like, I think that was a natural thing where she's just kind of, like, staring, like, obviously brokenhearted. Even yeah. though it seemed a little strong, right? Like, she was really down with him pretty quick. She you was. Know? She was. She was, yeah, she had the sickness pretty deep real quick. Um, You know, but... I don't know, but I thought that that was a good conversation. But he had, yeah, man, he had the hot chicks, dude. He did. Yeah. Well, that's one thing I like about both movies. They both get into it fast. Oh. Yeah. Like different ways. One is a murder mystery. One is, hey, I met you at a dinner party. You want to see me transport shit? Like there is no I, filler in. I'm glad you said that. I think this is one of the best paced movies ever. Like I am never bored. I'm never looking at my watch. And I, right. I can't believe how fast it goes. Yeah. That might have a lot to do with uh, how strangely charismatic Goldblum is. Yeah, he is perfectly cast. It's fun to watch. Oh, absolutely. You couldn't have picked anybody. I mean, he's already like that weird kind of skittish. I mean, even in, if you see him on interviews, he says oddball things. His mannerisms sure are very bizarre. He was born to play this role for sure. And if anybody else played it, it would it would be a completely different Brundlefly. But I do believe that he he got together in a pod with somebody else and became Jeff Goldblum to make this movie. Because pre-fly, he's not this guy. And then he becomes this yeah. weird guy who's talking about uh, the magic nah, of this. He's a little Shatnery. He gets a little he's a little Shatnery. He, yeah, he's got a shtick like Shatner. Is this the movie yeah. where he met Gina Davis and didn't they get married after this movie? I think so, yeah. Which they did they really get married in real life? Yeah. What? Yeah. Well, now I know where she's been. Yeah, I've been wondering, man, where's she been? Goldblum. They're perfect because they're both very yeah. tall, kind of like yeah. curly hair, strange. He I was, think they're a perfect couple. He was pretty fly for a white guy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, he wasn't quite like that. I just saw Invasion of the Body Snatchers, which I didn't recall him being. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, haven't yeah. Seen it. I haven't seen it since I was like eight years old. And uh, yeah, he doesn't act like that in there. Yeah, and he was in the Sentinel. No, but if you watch, different guy. I remember him being kind of that way though, because I was sort of surprised when he was in there. Because in Ten Speed and Brown Shoe, he's he's like the nerdy guy. Mm. Um, (laughs) You're the only person mentioning Ten Speed and Brown Shoe. But that's what I'm saying. I I knew about him long before, like he was like a a household name. Right. He's in um, Silverado, one of my favorite. Oh, Silverado's a great movie. He's in Tim and Eric's awesome show, Billion Dollar Movie. What? Yeah, that's just a big flop. <laughs> that's like, <laughs> why? That's really random. It's true. No. He's, he's in the very beginning, and he plays the same kind of gold bloomy character, I'll which just... is kind of himself at this point, right? Yeah, so he's like, whenever you forever. see him do interviews, he kind of is like, yeah, that's the guy, the scientist guy from Jurassic Park. And. The fly, like you all, it kind of follows that. Like well, he him. had like that weird hunky thing going between. Dude was cut. Jurassic Park and Earth Girls are easy. 
with Gene yeah. Davis. He's in great shape. Did he? But, did he get buffer? Like you know, because there's there are movies where it starts out the guy is kind of regular Joe, and then like they take a couple months and they're beefing him up. Like he he, he when he came like out. That. After the, the transformation, when he came out and for the first time he's doing the flips and stuff, but when he's just his body, I was like, he's not like mega, like huge, but he's definitely fit. Yeah. Like yeah. very I, fit. I think he always was. Was he? By the way, if you want to re- find out why he's not on talk shows anymore, watch like old pre hashtag me too appearances. And now oh. you'll know why he's never on a talk show. He's really? so touchy. He's great really, on talk show. He's amazing on talk shows, but you can't be amazing anymore because it's just too weird. Yeah. So it's it's unfortunate. Have any of you guys seen Thor Ragnarok? Yeah. yeah. No. Goldblum's one of the bad guys in it, and it is one of the best things you'll ever watch. He's so <laughs> funny in it. He's totally, basically, Taika Waititi just said, I want you to be Goldblum. On steroids, it's yeah. you know, it's like <laughs> yeah. Christopher Walken. There's like Walken, Walken, Shatner, Goldblum. Like those guys, just like do your thing, but like right. g- give me a give me Goldblum at a ten. Yeah, like who's the next actor now who would be in that category? Do we have anybody that shows any sort of distinction, mm-hmm. or are they all just bland? I don't really follow pretty it, faces. I don't know. Yeah, I can't think of any like Crispin Glover, but he's like our age now, Jack. Yeah, so yeah, he's, he he's, he's definitely in that category. He sure. doesn't have like the A list. No, he's category C list because they're terrified of him. <laughs> like yeah. I think directors are scared shitless of him. But I don't know if he would make a great Brundlefly too. Actually, no, I think about he it. He'd Crispin make an Glover. amazing Brundlefly. <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a I'm a fucking fly, man. Fly. He does the dance from Friday <laughs> yeah, exactly. the Thirteenth. The Friday the Thirteenth dance. <laughs> you know, uh, the thing that I forgot about this movie was if you were at like movie trivia night, they're gonna be like, "Oh, name the movie for these quotes." You know, we're gonna need a bigger boat. I'm mad as hell, and I'm not gonna take it anymore. Be afraid. Be very afraid. Is one of those movie quotes that everybody yeah. knows, but I bet you one out of 10 people would tell you, oh yeah, that's from the fly. It's a great line. I wouldn't even give it one out of 10 to tell you the truth. But everybody knows that line. Yeah. I mean, they wouldn't know where it's from. They just, it's just a thing now. Yeah. But everybody knows that line. You know, people have said that like anytime something ominous is happening, somebody will say that. Right. They probably, they probably guess uh, like Adam's family or something like, uh, (laughs) Adam Sandler, Billy Madison. No, no, Adam's no, 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 no. family. Adam's family. Not oh, Adam's family. <laughs> I think he said Adam Sandler. Did, <laughs> I thought he said it too. Didn't Christina Ricci's character say that or something like oh, that yeah. in that movie? She might have. Probably. I could get my daughter up here. She's an Adam's family savant. <laughs> but um, the transformation in this movie, yeah. I love. I yeah. love the degradation of him physically. And mentally, but I also love the fact that he gets superpowers. Well, if this is a superhero story gone wrong. It's Spider Man. If it, thank if, God the MCU didn't exist. If when it didn't stop, going. yeah, you know, right? It's, it's like right burning it. 
I remember the, the scene that always sticks out in my mind is when she starts cutting those hairs off of his back. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, that seemed like she had to put a lot of pressure on those scissors. Yeah. Yeah. And the sound. It was like yeah. perfectly like. Well, it's like, a, it was like wire. Great writing as to how he gets the little cuts for those to yeah. to show yes. up. And uh, the insect politics. Oh, yeah, so, man. Yeah. That was just whacked out. Yeah. And now, if Tarantino wrote that, it would still be great, but it would be 20 minutes long about insect politics. Yeah. But yeah. this movie yeah. understands brevity and how to just move this thing along. But the, the only... Oh, go ahead, Jed. I was just say the the most disturbing thing for me. I think. I mean, I love the transformation. And it was really gory, and it was just really. Uh, I loved watching it. But the the arm wrestling was the one that made me yeah. uh, cringe. Yeah, man. Mm. yeah. compound fractures. Man. Oh. <laughs> Jack almost watched that happen to me. Remember at Chiller when I arm wrestled uh, Norma Bates's brother from Bates Motel? I don't remember we, you doing we that. Were in the room? No. Oh, maybe you weren't in the room. So the guy who plays her brother on the Bates Motel the was The blonde there. guy? Yeah. From the, from the Shield? From the Shield, yeah. Yes. So um, he's my daughter, was. Um, we were both huge into Bates Motel, and she was like, oh, I want to get his autograph. I'm like, okay, cool. So he goes to the table, and he says, hey, he goes, if you want to arm wrestle me, if you beat me, <laughs> you get the autograph for free. If you lose, you pay like $40. And I'm like, oh, all right. I'm like six beers in. I, sh- I should beat you. You seem like a pretty little guy. He demolishes me. Like, he almost pulls a fly on my arm. And then I, wow. he tells me afterwards that he was an arm wrestling champion for, like, 10 years. Wow. <laughs> like, I've Ugh. never felt anything like that before. I never felt so helpless in my life. <laughs> <laughs> he's like the arm wrestling shark. Yeah. Like he got pool like... sharks, and he's like arm wrestling shark. Did he know? turn it? Did he turn his hat backwards, like over the top? <laughs> you didn't even need to, man. He just made, he just wasted me in front of my daughter. And I said to myself, "Are you proud that you just humiliated me in front of my daughter?" He goes, "Yep, forty dollars." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, Here you go. So yeah, but I felt it. I really, uh, he he took me down so hard and so fast. I really thought something broke for a moment. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I was like, "Oh my yeah. god." Well, all of that stuff, though, is what when I initially saw this movie and I think the friends I was talking about, the special effects and the the transformation and the the vomiting and the acid like I we had never seen anything like that. There was a movie with special effects. But when he vomits on the guy and it's acid on his, you're just like it was shocking, but also like brilliant. And so you're watching like, wow, this is gross, but it's so cool. The first time he did it. The first time he did it, when he's just having those donuts, oh. and he's just like, blah, and he's like, oh yeah, oops, and he's kind of like, like you know, <laughs> scooping it back, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> like my I bad, I wasn't expecting that, like, yeah, because he, he was saying he has to eat a different way, so I'm kind of like, well, what does he mean by that? And then just, blah, and it just, in the way it came out, man, I was like, okay. I was like, that's another level. like the the. <laughs> the milk and brandy concoction that he was sipping the original. Yeah. <laughs> so disturbing. I like and, their choice of not showing him eat, too. You know, they yeah. just show the expression of Gina Davis. I, I, I mean, they're showing all this other stuff, but then they're they're leaving that to your imagination. And you could just hear the, the nastiness of yeah. it. I that, that was yeah. But with all that gross stuff that you saw, 
for me, the, one of the things that really sticks out with me is if one of you had me over to show me your teleporting machine and you teleported a piece of steak and then said, now, now eat the steak. I'd, I'd be like, no friggin' way, man. Yeah. No. <laughs> He's no very way. persuasive. And he doesn't even take persuasive. a bite himself. He goes, you do it. <laughs> yeah, you eat it. And she just did it. Yeah. She just did it. I'm like, oh, this doesn't taste good. Yeah. I'll eat the other Speak- steak. Speaking of those pods, that is one thing that I feel like uh, they were done so well that I feel like that those would never age. I mean, they, yeah. they, that's one yeah. thing in the movie that really, really holds up still. You know, it I doesn't think look 80s. You could, those, just... you could put those pods in Alien. Like, it yeah. seems to come from Their that. It seems to come from yeah. the Nostromo. It's funny you that know? you say that, though, because I thought about Alien. God, Alien's a tremendous movie, right? But the one thing about Alien when you watch it is kind of the analog technology, mm-hmm. the, the lights, yeah. and the, the, that's the one thing that ages it poorly. But, I mean, we don't care when we watch it, but you notice it. This, yeah. it's a little bit the same, but it doesn't take you out of the movie as much because you're right. Like, the, the 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 technology is, the the look of the machine is so cool and the thing. So the readout is the only thing, but it is the 80s, yeah. so. Yeah, the readout for sure. But the Those computers are so smart back then. They're yeah. smarter than they are now. Yeah. <laughs> they can tell you everything you need to know. Mm-hmm. Now I kind of like, like that a little bit, though, like, because the the graphics of the computer compared now are just garbage. You know what yeah. I mean? Like you're looking at it, but it was still showing you a tremendous amount of information. Like you know, showing you the the zoom in on the different part of the the fly, and then all of a sudden it became like this is the fly, and it's kind of turning around, and it's pumping you all this information. But you had to respond to it. You know, like kind right. of the, <laughs> you know, almost like playing uh, what is it, man? Organ trail or whatever. Organ yeah. trail. You know, like you, you have died of dysentery. Yeah, Carmen San Diego, that kind of thing. And so, but it was that era a little bit. And um and yet it was pumping out ridiculous amounts of info. And I was like, "Wow, man, it's like really future future stuff going on here." Yeah, for computers at the time that were running on yeah. basic. <laughs> yeah, right. Almost no yeah. logic whatsoever. But, but that's okay. It's all good. Just give yeah. me a good give me a good monster, which is, gave me a good monster. Yep. Gave you a little love story kind of thing, which I thought was kind of cool. Gave me a, a woman who screams a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, music. Both movies had very good soundtracks, by the way. You, you have to talk about the birth scene, though. Cronenberg, number one, is the doctor. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Then oh, that's right. The the the, the maggot birth. Like, <gasps> oh. Yeah. Kind of looked yes. like my firstborn. She looked terrible <laughs> when she was born. We make fun of her all the time. I'm like, you look like a fucked up gray sausage with just body parts not in the right places <laughs> they were like oh you want us to take pictures i'm like no we're gonna wait till her feet drop a little bit and she looks a little better <laughs> maybe tomorrow because the hospital <laughs> offered these pictures like an hour after birth and my wife I'm like nah wait till tomorrow yeah, maybe she'll look better then i think one <laughs> of the i think one of the, th- the things that work about this movie though is it's a cronenberg movie but like it, it has these phases so that it's not just a creature effect thing. Like you've got body horror moments. You've got creature mm-hmm. effect things. What it's almost like 15 minute chunks of like, all right, now that right now this movie's this, then it's going to change. And we're going to have a little bit of body horror stuff. And then at the end, you're going to have the big, you know, mo- monster special effects, trans transformation stuff, but it doesn't bang you over the head with like, that's the only trick in its bag. And it was superhero too. Like, yeah. I, I liked how you yeah. brought that up. Like, 
that there was a period in there where, you know, he's doing superhuman thing. Well, not superhuman, but for him, it was extraordinary. And then he gets to the place where he really is doing really extraordinary things, you know, like the the marathon he had with Gina Davis. Mm-hmm. And then she comes in and he's crawling on the ceiling and everything. And I like he's that effect. Lionel of that. Richie. Great effect. Yeah. It was a great effect, the way they did it, and how he was looking backward and stuff and, like, talking to her as he's walking around and his little tics that he did and stuff. Yeah. I felt that it was so so perfect, but then that it devolves and that it just gets grotier and grotier, man. And it, it it it's like he gets strong, then he's so frail, it's like cancer spreading through his body, but then it gives him superpowers. But then it's by the end, I mean, he's just gnarly, oh. you know, and just... But it was also... A, uh, an amazing uh, costume design with that, oh. yeah. right? Like that that ending, the the detail of it. Of course, it's still on the Grody scale, right? It's I mean, you're still huge because like, he's shedding his human form. Yeah, yeah, and it's just you know, it's another level of thing. Um, but it was, yeah. But I like that how it kind of, you know, super strength way down, super strength degrading further, and yeah. I like that. Uh, in kind the of a tearjerker at the end too, right? It when was, he dude. takes the gun and puts yeah. it on his head because he can't yeah. communicate she's anymore. Just, she's just bawling. Yeah, that was rough. Dude, I was crying a little bit. Not going to lie. Oh, I was. I, I was the softie. I'm sitting there. I'm like, no. I'm like, dude, don't do it. We'll never have part. I like how both movies had, all right, well, you got to take me out because yeah. I can no longer do this. Yeah. Well, now, the, Goldblum is becoming like a villain. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. He does fly politics, and then politics. you know he he finds that that humanity, you know, right at the end, right. Uh, mm-hmm. and that's because I remember watching it the first time, and there comes a point where you're like, suddenly you go from like this is the hero to oh my god, he's the bad guy now. Yep. And then I felt that he came back to, back to hero again when, because yeah, because he becomes the bad guy when he goes to the bar, and he's like just a real a hole. And then, you know, he's an a-hole to the girl, and then he's back to being himself when he's, like, all frail. And and then he's kind of himself still when it's coming back, but then he's realizing that this thing's taken over, and this is not friendly. This is right. not good. This is a villain. So now, now that he understands that he's trapped because he's the good guy again, but he knows that he's becoming this thing that is not kind. And he's he's caught because he's losing himself more and more and more and more and more. And there has to be a place at some point where that good guy is just gone. And right. he's afraid that's going to happen. So you've got to end it, man. You've got to say, look, I don't know what's going to happen when I'm gone. I'm not a restraint anymore. And mm-hmm. so for that that scene where he reaches up, and I wasn't expecting that. I wasn't expecting him to, to grab it and slowly do this and press it against his head like that you know i'm like i'm like when i saw it i started choking off i'm all crying like man i'm like dude no you know but but i knew it had to happen you know and then and then i was kind of expecting it to go on a little longer or like there there to be more to it but then you know she's like no i can't do it and then five seconds later boom yeah (laughs) you're kind of gross all over and i said well okay you you pulled it (laughs) you pulled the trigger think about what gina davis is going through she meets this guy they fall in love. They rock their each other's world. Now she's pregnant with potentially a fly mutant. Mm-hmm. Her boyfriend is turning into a menacing monster and and all that. Then his plan is, hey, I'm going to put us both into a transporter and merge us, the three of us, into one Yeah, that was a creature. Yeah. 
What is yeah. one family and one body? <laughs> yeah. You know, so it, it doesn't surprise me that like, yeah, it's a hard, it's hard to pull the trigger. Oh wait, you know. <laughs> yeah, you're done. Yeah. Bye. I love you, but you know. How does she explain this? When it's all said and done, you've got a giant man fly dead and a man whose hand and leg have been disintegrated. Well, you've got the data bank, so you can actually prove all the fly stuff. Good luck with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She's going to Guantanamo. We'll never see her again. She's done. (laughs) What a horrible ending. But nihilism is uh, the order of the day. So, Jeremiah, in your journey of horror movies, like... Where's this one like in the scale? Of all seven you've watched. Yeah. <laughs> of all seven, man. <laughs> but see, well, in fairness, man, I've seen a lot of really good ones. Yeah. You know? I mean, I've had, you know, in this journey that I've been on, man, I've seen a lot of really great horror films. And so I don't really know how I'd line it up. I mean, in, and even with body horror, you know, it's a hard thing. Um, would you, would you consider the thing still body horror that showed the grossness of the I the monster like you could oh, look at it that way yeah and, I, and, I, that, and what about uh um i don't I think it's not, not body in the not body in the body horror in the sense that something is wrong with you because it's it's a different reason a, for the body it's horror. a thing yeah, it's not okay, happening yeah. to you it's happening to the copy of you yeah yeah okay so it, it's nuanced yeah, <laughs> it's a new one. But, but they're both really over the top new, special effects. Of... Yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I don't even know if I've seen too many body horror films, but I can imagine that this would be a really high bar. Not just not just because the effects um, and not just because the tragic ending and the up and down that I really like a lot, that push in the pole that kind of goes with, you know, a viewer and stuff. Um, but Goldblum, I mean, I he was remarkable you know and sometimes at this point having seen so many things with him in it it's easy to kind of almost feel like well he's a typecast person it's like it's like the principle from um you know that when he when he talks he talks like that and he's he's been on commercials all the time i forget Ferris Bueller, yeah. yeah yeah um so like that guy right um you've seen him so many times uh at this point that it's kind of easy you expect that of him Whereas this, I don't know, it just, it stands out even in all the things I've ever seen of him. Like, and part of it is I think he was funnier too. It wasn't just the science guy. Like, he was legitimately really funny. And I mentioned, as kind of a joke, I mentioned that he was on Tim and Eric's Billion Dollar Movie or whatever. Um, and he's just in the beginning, the schlack, whatever, the chairs, the goofy chairs at the beginning that viewers are supposed to put air in their nose and they have a butter machine with popcorn that can burn their hands and oh he's the guy in in the in the video talking about this chair right and it's just hilarious right he, he's not the sciency guy he's a guy who's who's just funny but he's also serious and professional but this was like taking that and Jurassic Park guy and smashing them together younger and right. i felt like that was really a special thing in the timeline of him and and so for me, that stands out in, in all of the movies he's ever done. That stands out as my favorite now. And so I, I'll be interested to see body horror movies here out and to see you know how I would stack them up with this. But I enjoyed the movie. I enjoyed the first one. I enjoyed the second one. Um, not bored one second right. by it. There was nothing that was like, 
you know, even the criticisms that I mentioned where I was like, I don't know about this or I don't know about that does wouldn't deter me from encouraging people to watch and say this is worth your time. Right. It's a good film. I'm going to give you some homework. So Cronenberg yeah. Body Horror, you're going to have to watch Videodrome, which we mentioned earlier. Yeah, man. The Brood. <laughs> That's a big Chad one. Chad likes that one. The Brood and Rabbit because, you know, if you want to watch a movie about a porn star, real life porn star who becomes a vampire and her teeth are in her armpit, <laughs> that's the movie. Yeah. All right. <laughs> it's funny I though because him, man, I want I'm I'm down. I'm down with watching this stuff. I think it's there's a there's a special place Don't for forget about society. <laughs> oh, uh. society. Yes. By all means, watch society next. We were supposed to watch society on Paleo Cheese. That was one of the ones that we were thinking about watching. Is it the butt one? The butt. Yeah. Or... Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. I know. Okay, so I it's I'm getting a framework here for who what I'm dealing with. Yeah. But uh but it was an awesome movie and I'm really glad you guys picked it because I've wanted to watch it. It's kind of it's like Jaws, right? Where I wanted to watch it for years. I was scared of it as a kid. I wasn't scared of the fly. I I, I didn't have anything like that. Right. But it was one of those things where I like I wanted to watch it for a long time, but there was you know, maybe it was another movie we wanted to watch or the kids wanted to see something else and so it just never happened. So when Chad said the fly I was just like, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> like, I, I'm okay with that. And I, I was surprised to learn there was an older one. I didn't know. And yeah. so then I was surprised to learn there's Vincent Price. So I'm like, dude, I'm, okay. Like, this is really cool. And so it was just a really great experience, man. It actually might be better. If you've, if you've never seen either one of them, it, it might be better to watch the new one first. Because especially you have to, like, put yourself in a frame of mind to watch an older movie. You know, like, okay, I'm watching this through the 1950s filter. I've got to adjust or whatever. So if you watch the modern one first, it's really good to watch these things back to back so you can appreciate the... I just did this with Cat People. I watched the original one and then the remake. And I was like, if I hadn't watched the original first, I would have missed so many things in the remake that were specifically callbacks. So it's good to watch them back to back. But this one might be almost better to watch the new one first and then the... Original. It yeah. worked out. It worked out, man. I had yeah. two questions for you guys. One, yeah. have you, has anyone ever seen Return of the Fly? Or not, not Return of the Fly, Curse of the Fly. No. Yes. Love you it. have, Hunter? Yeah, I love it. That is, uh, That might be the OG of body horror. Lots of body horror in that one. You know what? You're right about that. It's, that could uh, be the seed that was planted. Yeah. I'll put it on it's, my list. It, it's, it's great. I like it uh, a lot. I think and, it's on Prime too, like two ninety nine or something. Or, or on, I think I, because when I was doing that thing for Cemetery Dance, I rewatched it, and um, I think it was I think I watched it on YouTube. They had a nice copy of it on there too. Oh, I, I don't know, even better. It's a really good movie. Well, yeah, tons of body horror, lots of uh, yeah, it's it's good. But in, my other question was, um, what is your guys' favorite Cronenberg, other than if it's the fly, other than the fly? Mine is the fly or the brood. Those are my two favorites by him. This is hands down my favorite Cronenberg, without a doubt. Mm -hmm. The other ones I enjoy, like uh, Rabbit, is a lot of fun. The brood's a lot of fun. What's the one where where they're in an apartment building? Is that the brood? With the sex? No, that's a that's a. Uh, that th whatever Crap. that one is, that's a. Or, uh, it's just one word, right? I think it's just a one word. Yeah. Not not slither like. 
but it's like a it's like a a virus that makes you yeah want to have sex. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. Cold pinnacle. There could be worse sicknesses, I assume. That's a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, but I feel like anytime I watch a Cronenberg movie, I'm enjoying it on a level. But there's I don't know there's like I don't know if cheese factor is the right word. <laughs> but there's a there, there's an aesthetic to it that you're watching it. And then there's the fly. I just feel like it's hands hands yeah, above the rest. It's so good. Videodrome I, mean, I haven't seen in years, though. So I'd That's be... a wacko. Have a few drinks and settle in. My favorite. Shivers is the one you're talking about. Shivers. Uh, Shivers. Yes. Yeah. My favorite is The Brood, easily. Yeah, the I, I really, so really good. like that one, other than The Fly. But um, I also liked Crash. That was really uh, bizarre. Crash is out of bounds. Not Wait, is that the one with Crash that won the Academy Award? Yeah, yeah. Crash with James Spader. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Jesus! Is Arquette in that one? Yeah, I haven't yeah. seen that since it came out. I need to watch it. That was such a weird movie. It's, <laughs> it the, it's also called Amputee Love. Yeah. <laughs> very, very strange. Dude, I'm not kidding. I'm not even kidding, Jeremy. Amputee Love. Yeah, there's a lot of weird Ooh. stuff going on there. Yeah. But if you can dream up a fetish, somebody's already banging to it. <laughs> That's the way I look at life. I don't know. <laughs> I've actually done that where me and my friend will sit around and we'll talk like we'll come up with like the most extreme bizarre thing and we'll Google and like, oh crap, there there are four hundred videos on it. Yeah, you can't think of anything new. Somebody's like doing the people it. that no. dress up like like fruit of the loom stuff like grapes and stuff with balloons and pop them one at a time oh, while they bite their lips. Oh yeah, they call them loomers. <laughs> are you serious no, I made that up <laughs> I was like what <laughs> I didn't know I pulled that one out of my rear man I had no clue and I'm like wow that's a whole pretty intuitive thing that's yeah, a yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't get it you're but junk. whatever you're whatever junk. keeps you from killing people just do it have fun in your house that's strange <laughs> well I, th- I, th- I think we picked a good movie that was that was fun yeah. That was, and yeah. we picked the perfect way to end this with the loomers. Yeah, I want that to be the lasting thought you have in this episode. I want you to go to bed thinking, "Oh, loomers," and I want you to go to your party city and get some balloons. Oh, take your pants off. <laughs> so we started. We started with the reach round. Now we're ending with the loomers, the Cleveland loomers. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Monster Men. <laughs> By the way, I want you guys to remember how kind we were to you. Yeah. For our turn. So if we come back on paleo cheese, I want you to extend the same kind. I, I like, feel like this should be a running thing. Where we could Were we were we not oh, were we mean? Were we not were we, not were we not kind you guys? Were we no, mean last what you time? made us watch was unkind. That oh, I, I, yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, however however, it was a great conversation. Yes. Yeah. It was. It is fun yeah, to it crap it on was... a piece of garbage movie. Well, and I'd never seen either one. I'd never yeah. seen them. Like and so I got to see so uh, I mean, that's, like, notoriously bad. Like, that's, like, so bad that everybody, if you bring it up. It's offensive. You know, Black Christmas, they're like, oh, yeah, that. <laughs> like, oh. the new one? <laughs> they're like, oh, no. Yeah, and that's... so, you know, if we're going to go through it, at least we went through it with you guys. You know what I'm saying? It's true. Yeah, it's true. Held each other's hands. <laughs> <laughs> so where could everybody uh, find you guys? Right here. Go ahead, Drew. You know, where, where can they find us? I don't know. They can find us all over the place. Paleo Cheese. P-A-L-E-O-C-H-E-E-Z-E. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter. We have an Instagram. It doesn't, you know, I don't think we posted anything a long time. But it's there. Right? And we've got a Gmail. 
And we really, you know, I encourage people, you know, uh, email Chad, you know, <laughs> email Chad at Paleo Cheese. Let him know. You know, and at this point, at this point, I think he might be down if you sent him a book. I don't know. You know, Absolutely he's not a fan Chad of that. Books. So he's not that desperate yet. But no. Is that, Are you know, a self-published author? Unsure of your work? Send it to Chad and he'll blurb <laughs> it for you. No question. Is it asked. your first book ever? <laughs> is it the first thing you've ever written? <laughs> Send it. He's generous. Send it to Jack. Jack is the one who loves the books. That's yeah. right. Yeah, Jack <laughs> loves them. And so but you send us an email. We'd love to talk to you. Hit us up on Messenger, whatever it is. And uh, and we'd love to connect with you. We've got some cool things in the work, actually, some conversations that we've been having and uh, and doing more of this. Because this think about it, guys, this is the first time since we started the show that Chad and I have both been on another show. Oh, there you yeah. go. This is yeah. honors. Cherry popping for real. You mentioned you know, cherry popping. This is cherry popping, bro. All over the place. Cherries everywhere. Moment. Yeah, cherries everywhere. So I mean, this is a, it was a really cool thing. And and to be honest, you know, and this isn't to dog anybody else in the universe. You know, we love everybody. But like, if there was a show that we could, if we had to pick, I know I would want to be on you guys' show because when you came on ours, it was so much fun. Yeah. And you guys are just really cool dudes. And plus, Chad loves your show like crazy. He's always watching. He's, he's like, you know, he's he's part of the community. He's part of the fam. That's and right, so yes. it was just a really cool thing that when he brought this up and said that this was what we we're going to do, I'm just, I, I am very, very grateful for many different reasons. And you guys are awesome. And uh, I'm really grateful. All right. Well, let's, let's make this a regular thing. We could do it every, yeah. every couple of months. Many, yes. many reach arounds. Yeah. Yes. There's so yeah, many. Lots, lots of swinging. Yeah. <laughs> swinging and looming. <laughs> looming. Oh, I can't wait to blow some balloons up later. <laughs> All right, Jack, you take us out. You do your thing, man. All right. You guys, thanks for joining us. It was great to see you. And everybody else out there, we'll see you next time on Monster, Monster Man. Man. <laughs> <laughs>